So I feel like the internet has made it so that they're like any niche audience is now like marketable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's sort of the whole idea of the, um, you know, like the long tail, right? Where yeah. you, you, originally it was you sell only the stuff that the majority of people will buy because it's impossible to have niche products available to people. Mm-hmm. But then now that that's made available, things like, you know, Amazon and just the internet in general or even just streaming services and all this kind of stuff. All those streaming services in some ways are sort of folding back to not deal with it as much. Like when you look at what Netflix offers. But anyways, the the – um, the, it has absolutely made it simpler to, if you have a niche, you'll be able to find your thing, whatever that yeah, is. Yeah, it's like the brick and mortar model is like, okay, so I need like 10,000 people who are interested in this thing for my business to be viable. And it's like, well, are there 10,000 people within a 25 mile radius? Because otherwise it's not going to work. Yeah. But now you have the internet where it's like, are there 50,000 people who speak the same language anywhere on Earth who are interested in this? Okay, it'll work. Yeah, at least it has the, the potential to work. Yeah. If you can if you can manipulate the algorithm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, you still need to reach those people where they are, and there's such a flood of stuff that, you know, it's really easy to miss out on things that you would otherwise be super interested in, but... Well, that's sort of the joy of the, the podcast, right? Where, True. where we've like we lived through these games we just didn't know they existed most of the time that's true <laughs> that is true and welcome to the retro breakdown where we do just that exactly exactly we we we, we, we find, play uh, games that we were totally alive when they came out and didn't find out about them until 30 years later hey growl <laughs> yeah growl which which for all intents and purposes it would have been fine if I didn't find out about Growl, but I'm glad I did all the same. <laughs> I think <clears throat> that finding out about Growl at this point in time, this is the best time I could have found out about it. That's true. That's true. Like, well, knowing about it when it was out would not, like, it would not have, for all I know, I may have played Growl for like 10 minutes in an arcade at some point and then moved on to You definitely this- did not. <laughs> and then, like, moved on to the Simpsons game or something. <laughs> I think, I think you might still remember this game. It's, it's. Well, we'll talk about it later, I suppose. We'll order like twenty five minutes. Such is the format, <laughs> <laughs> dude. Pikmin Four is oh. awesome. I'm not even surprised. It's so fun. It's, it's just a fantastic video game. It's, I could see where people are going to be annoyed because it's simpler than the other Pikmin games, but I'm, I'm for it. There, there is a lot of quality of life stuff that just makes it extremely enjoyable to play. If, and I didn't even really like the last Pikmin games. Like, mm. so I own Pikmin one, two, and three, and I've played each of them for a little bit. And then I'm always like, why did I buy this video game? Yeah. Um, Pikmin 4, I had the same outlook at. I was like, yeah, I'm totally not going to fall for it this time. But I kind of still wanted it. And I was yeah. talking to one of my buddies that has it, and he was he made it sound really good. And I was like, you know what? I'm buying Pikmin 4. And Lachise and I have been playing in the weird co-op version that they have, which makes it uh, <laughs> way, way easier. That's very true, because you basically get... Did you ever play... I don't think you played Jet Force Gemini, did you? What, oh, you I played like an hour or two of Jet Force Gemini. Yeah, well, in the co-op mode of that, player two controls, like, the robot buddy and just shoots at the screen. So it's kind of like getting a 
you know, just like a floating bullet, like a cursor that then shoots at stuff. Yeah, okay. That's essentially what you get in Pikmin, which makes the game a lot easier than even it already sort of is. A but little bit like fun. Mario Galaxy. Yeah, yeah, exactly like that. Um, and... But it's been it's been fun. It's been fun playing it co-op and uh, just seeing the game. And it's it's simple. It's very Nintendo. Uh, the collecting is is enjoyable because it's not like a you know sometimes collecting just feels painful. And you're yes. like, God, how many more God, of these yes. do I have to collect? What? I was just talking yesterday with somebody about Minish Cap. Yeah, well, I mean, Minish Cap is like the it's quite possibly one of the worst examples of collecting in a video game that i have personally 100 percented and i mean this is coming from someone that you know grinded in world of warcraft for literal days to just get reputation gains yeah <laughs> like like we're, we're the the grind in manish cap was so un unfun to, yeah to get 100 percent in that game well and i think that like there's a there's a ratio right there's the ratio of like okay how difficult is the grind to 100% versus how rewarding is the payoff? Well, and the fact that they locked a, a single piece of heart behind it was a behind, not Kinstones, behind the statues, the seashell minigame. Yeah. <laughs> like, at least the Kinstone thing is just getting a gold tingle statue. That feels deserved to me. That feels like the kind of reward you should get for completing a Kinstones because it's just such a stupid. It's like getting the, 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 the Korok poop or whatever in. Breath of the Wild, if you collect all the Korok seeds, because mm -hmm. Nintendo's like, yeah, we don't really want you to do this, so you're not going to get anything useful for doing it. In fact, we're going to, like, low-key make fun of you for taking the time. <laughs> right. Well, and, and I love in Tears of the Kingdom, they're like, oh, yeah, we heard you don't really want to have to collect all those Korok seeds and stuff, so we've decided to add 700 more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> However, as an apology, we will also now provide a way for you to crucify Koroks and set them on fire. <laughs> you know, the best thing ever. So one of the new Korok things in Tears of the Kingdom is like, hey, I need to I have this big backpack on. Instead of taking it off and going to my friend, I'm just going to sit here and ask for help. And so you have to take him to his buddy and then you get two Korok seeds when you do it. And in the beginning, it's fairly straightforward. Just like attach him to a card or do whatever. But then sometimes he's on a cliff or across a ravine. But <laughs> there'll be like a rocket next to him. And you're like, yeah. This is happening. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you just attach a rocket to him and launch him into space. <laughs> it feels really good when it works, and it feels even better when he just goes the complete opposite direction because, like, the rocket stand didn't work right or whatever, and he just goes spiraling in a complete, the, like, into the ocean or whatever. So when that happens, does he, like, respawn or? Yeah, so I've never had him disappear, like, completely. Like, I've always been able to retrieve the Korok, so I don't know, but I would imagine so. Oh, so, like, when he goes spiraling off into the ocean, you can just fish him out of the ocean and keep going? Yeah, so when it happened to me, he landed close enough that he was, like, I, I could get him. I mean, I, I made a little raft and picked him up, so it ended up taking way longer than it needed to, but it made me very happy that it happened at all. Like, he was just floating in the water, and then I went and picked him up. But I would guess if I turned the game off and went back, he probably would just go back to his spot. I don't know that for a fact, but that's what I would assume. Huh. Because I had more fun than trying to fish, them, fish him out, and then set up a rocket from my boat to where he was supposed to go, as opposed to just taking him to shore, and then carrying him normally. So he got rocketed from the, the little boat that I made instead, and then it kind of worked out. He got where he needed to be eventually. <laughs> okay. 
So that's that's I mean, fun. That's, I like this. That's part of the joy of Tears of the Kingdom is that kind of stuff happens, right? It's one of those things where it's like, oh yeah, do it, do how, do it whatever you want. Just 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 have fun. You do stupid stuff. Attach a mushroom to your sword so it becomes bouncy. Yeah, yeah. This is really weird, but I'm going to ask you to, like, continue talking about Pikmin 4 for about a minute so I can get up because I, the, my toilet is running and I need to go jiggle the handle. Yeah, you got to go out and catch it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> got to go. Got to go catch my water bill. <laughs> it sounds good. But yeah, but yeah no, so the, the, the best part about Pikmin 4 so far has been just, like, you get to do these versus battles where... Uh, they're, they're, what do they call them? Dondori battles, I believe. Um, and it's, it's sort of just about being as efficient as possible, but it's nice because you don't have to worry about the Pikmin that you have. You get, cause you get special Pikmin for just that event. So if you like kill them all or they die or something bad happens, it's okay. You don't have to feel guilty about it. Cause it's just in that moment. Um, this is good. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause when, when your Pikmin die in the normal game, even though it doesn't really matter, you, you still feel sad cause they, they make like the sound and like the little ghost face appears and you're like jesus christ i killed my pick i i, I rewound time one time because this thing ate like 40 of them and i was like mm, that feels way too bad because they have a rewind time button now it's great it's actually not a button it's like a function in the menu and that was the only time i used it because i just felt too guilty to kill i couldn't i couldn't kill 30 pikmin at once now if pikmin die in small numbers over time it's okay mm -hmm. but one massive surge of pikmin death is too much yeah. Yeah, I've seen it before because like all the spirits fly away at once in a big mass and it's like, oh, my God, I'm a I'm I'm basically <clears throat> doing a genocide. Oh, you are. But and it's not quite your fault. Sometimes it is. And then then you're not sure how to feel. Also, instance, I threw a Pikmin. It went to not exactly where it was supposed to. And then I called it and it just ran right to me. But it it went into a, like a cliff, like a pit, like it just died. Oh. And I was like, oh, OK. So I felt kind of bad, like, but it wasn't bad enough to reset. It's like, no, that's his fault. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> like, he saw it there. Yeah, like, he didn't have to run into the cliff. He's not a lemming. And so that one, no resetting. Having 40 of them eaten in one bite, I, I, I just rewound time, like, 30 seconds, and I yeah. felt better about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, like, I played a little bit of Pikmin 3. I didn't yeah. really, really get into it, but I do remember having the feeling of, like, Oh, when you gather all these up, losing any of them feels really terrible. Mm-hmm. Which is weird because they give you hundreds. I know. And but you can just... only... And I feel like there's a cap on how many can Absolutely. actually follow you at a time. Yeah. Yeah. And in, I don't remember how it works in the old games because it's been a long time. But in this one, it's it starts with like 20 or 30 and then you collect more of the little bulb things. And then you can get like 10 more each time. And speaking of having a cap on things that can follow you at once, uh, Growl. Yeah, well, so when I played not, it. Not yet. Not okay, yet. I just fine. wanted to, I just wanted to like throw that out there. Okay. Okay. It, it, our experiences are going to be <laughs> colossally different. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Which will uh, make sense in 10 minutes though. <laughs> But yeah, the Pikmin 4, big, big thumbs up. I didn't think I was, I didn't, I didn't actually think I was going to buy it. Well, now I, now I have, of course, the problem of I have another uh, pass that I have to now use on a different game. Sure. 
<laughs> because I, you know, you have to buy, you got to buy the game pass. You got to spend I, $100 on the $60 game. I legitimately have not used this. The, here's where I'm at. I have not used the second half of my first game voucher. The one that oh, right. primarily was um, bought with gift cards from you. Yeah. And, um, and work. I got a, I got, uh, you know, gra- get whatever gift card you want, you know, sort of like it's your work anniversary voucher. Yeah. It's your work birthday. Yeah. From, uh, from work and spent it, spent part of it on like a $50 Nintendo voucher. And then you gave me another gift card for, uh, my birthday. Mm-hmm. And I spent both of those towards a uh, towards one of the hundred dollar two for one game vouchers. I spent one of the vouchers on Advance Wars, which we've talked about and I played through and enjoyed the other. I have not spent. And yet I'm thinking about buying another one. Right. <laughs> like another voucher. Uh huh. Yeah, because well, there's a lot of games in the future that are coming. Yeah. Right? Like, you're going to get Mario Wonder. There's no doubt that you'll buy that at some point. Yeah. That's almost gonna, that's almost for sure. And and Mario RPG seems like one that I don't... I feel I like... I completely forgot that was happening until you just reminded me. I feel like that's one of those ones that, for me, 100% guaranteed. For you, I'm not sure, because you don't usually think about, like, replaying RPGs. But for this one, if I had to guess, I would say you're probably buying it at some point. Or it's like Jesse finds it at, you know, Woot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, what else? WarioWare is a game that I could see you buying. But that I forgot about that one, too. Yeah. That one's only 50 bucks, so you don't need to, you don't need to feel, you don't need to feel uh, uh, pressure. You don't need to feel the, the, the voucher pressure. <laughs> right, right, right. Because there's no actual savings there. Mm-hmm. I think those are the only um, big, well, Detective Pikachu, but I know you don't really care about that. I really don't. The Those are the four major Nintendo titles coming out this year, unless we get new things announced in September or something. I don't know. But then, you, know, like, you run it back through the, the games that have already come out that I haven't bought yet. It's like, well, I don't know. Do I want Pikmin, Pikmin 4? Yeah, you know, thinking of what games you like to play, I think you would enjoy Pikmin 4. I, I do think you would have fun playing Pikmin 4. I... I this goes against everything of my being, but I think you might enjoy Pikmin 4 even more than Tears of the Kingdom, just because you don't like open world video games that much. That's funny, because Pikmin has always felt like it has open world vibes to me. It does, but they're very self-contained. It's it's like saying Super Mario 64 is open world. Yeah, okay. Right, I, you, I understand what you mean. Um, or I guess, I guess maybe Mario Galaxy is a slightly better example or idea of it, because it's a, a little bit... But but that idea where you're going to a planet and then that's it. Yeah, and then like the planet is, you know, it has some openness to it, but where you're intended to go is more or less linear. Yes, yeah, yeah. And I would say Pikmin 4 is even less than that to some extent, but very similar in other two. I've only, so the way I'm playing through it with Let's is that we're doing 100% in each area because mm. that's, that's how I do. And right. so... We finished the first two areas, and my friend told me there's only, like, six areas. Um, so I'm thinking, like, 100% playthrough will probably take 30 hours. So if you just play through the game, it's probably, like, 15 hours. I don't know. Uh, but you would really enjoy... Oh, hang on a sec. 
There we go. I can uh, relate. But, but you you would definitely enjoy the, the, the Dandori battles where you fight like you're competing against an NPC person for getting the most Pikmin-y things. So like, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah, it's it's that is very tense and super fun. And you get and then there's another one where you're not competing against somebody else. You're just competing against the clock. And then that one's about just being as efficient as possible. And mm-hmm, those are mm-hmm. extremely fun. And you can technically play the the versus one multiplayer, but I mean, that's not of particular interest to me, and certainly of less interest to you, I would imagine. Yeah. No, but, you uh, are you are selling it though. Like, it does actually sound pretty fun. Yeah it it suffers from the 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 current year problem of let's explain everything too much. Yeah. Well, but that's just kind of video games in general these days. I think Nintendo is more guilty of that than anybody. Yeah, Nintendo's the most guilty, but it does happen in a lot of games where it's like, hey, here's let's let's bring up all the text box well, for stuff. No, I rescind that statement. Nintendo's not the most guilty. Nintendo is the most guilty of stopping you to do it in text. Yeah, true, true. Because a but lot of gonna... other games, like, they just flash a waypoint on the map. And they're like, go here, go here, go here. I think there's a big Mario... arrow in front of you that points you in the right direction. M- Mario Wonder to me will be the the, the biggest test of that. Like, mm, yeah, if they how they handle that, because like Tears of the Kingdom, I almost could have used a tutorial <laughs> because yeah. because it's pretty much just, yeah, you have these powers go. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, OK. And I mean, I obviously didn't need a tutorial and I'm grateful that I didn't have one, to be honest, because it's quite fun just exploring. And, sure. And you sort of get a tutorial. It, it kind of does the old style of thing. Like, here's the thing. Here's the thing. That's pretty much what you know you have to do. That's your tutorial. Yeah. And that is the best tutorial, right? It like, really is. Like, your options are limited. Your options are so limited and you have so few things to interact with that you are naturally, your natural human curiosity is going to be like, okay, try this on that thing that looks different than the other things in this environment. Oh, it works. Now I understand that that works. Yeah, and that's that's exciting. I literally just had this in uh, in um, Oracle of Ages yesterday, mm. which I started playing for the first time and will be a future podcast. It sure will. Where uh, I had like sword and shovel and it was like, OK, what do we use a shovel on? OK, it's that. Yeah. Now we can go with this. I, all right. I have these flame seeds. Mm-hmm. I'll try burning this tree that looks a little different. OK, yeah, that works. Yeah. Like and. and- because it's like there's nowhere else I can go. Mm-hmm. So I just got to try this on this until something works. And it's like, yeah, OK, that did exactly what I wanted it to. <laughs> you, know what, you know what the best use of we rewind time has been for me in playing a Zelda game that has it and accidentally clicking yes. It'd be like, oh, no, no, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want you to explain this to me again. <laughs> OK, here's the funny thing. The best version of that is with the owl in Ocarina of Time, oh, except Jesus. the N64 emulation doesn't have rewind. Oh, it's so painful. Wait, why? What is it? What is the what, what is why is it there? What happens there? Oh, it's just like it's just oh, like the, if you're stuck doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, like yes, the, the owl in, in oh, Ocarina God. just has like the longest, most unskippable dialogue. Caporia Caporia or something. I don't remember. I always forget his name. I know it's it's like something like that. Yeah. But dude, screw that owl. Yeah. Screw that owl so much. That that is it's it's weird because Zelda games have simultaneously some of the most open, like 
experiences in terms of just trying and playing and not getting too tutorialized, but also some of the worst because it's some when they do have them, it feels like it's like a ten ton weight sitting on your 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 hand waiting for the button to just like come on get through the text. Yes, yes, I know what I need to do, and and I realize for some people it's it's probably helpful, or for like maybe younger kids it's good. But there's that moment for me where it's like Jesus, I don't care, I don't care, Mister Owl, don't don't yeah. tell me. I, I mean like. The owl is bad, and the worst thing about the owl is that he, like, he's explaining what you have to do, but he's interspersing it in lore that you've already heard. Right, and it's not even that bad. We're talking about, you know, ten seconds, (laughs) but it feels so long for some reason. But then, he, like, asks, do you want to hear that again? And then the the order of the answers switches up. Yeah, yeah. And it's like... And then, or like the question that he asks switches up, where it's like, did you understand? Yes. <laughs> or like, do you want to hear that again? Yes. Uh, no. No, God. Wait, no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the, 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 everyone knows the, the worst one is Skyward Sword on, on the Wii. The one that on the Switch is much better because they get rid of all of the insane duplicate dialogue every time you start the game up. Uh, but the the Skyward Sword had some really bad tutorial messages that would come up all the time. Actually, so that's one thing that does happen in Pikmin 4. Whenever we've played it and you start it in co-op mode, every time you start co-op mode, you have to click through six screens that tell you how to play in co-op mode. Uh, it's like, dude, dude, Nintendo. Skyward Sword now joins Tears of the Kingdom as being the only two console Zelda games that I have not played at all. Yeah, I didn't finish Breath of the Wild or, or Twilight Princess, but I have played both of them. Um, I have never even touched a copy of Skyward Sword and Tears of the Kingdom also. But like, I mean, Tears of the Kingdom has only been out for like two months. That may still change. Yeah, that doesn't count. That doesn't count. Oh, you haven't you have not you haven't touched Phantom Hourglass or Spirit Tracks either. Well, I specified console based for that reason, because when it comes to handhelds, I, there's oh. lots and lots of holes in the library. Sure, sure. Like it's it's quite the opposite. Like I've I've at least touched, if not played, all of most console Zeldas. Um, I have missed almost all handhelds to the point where, like, putting aside you... the Oracle games, which I'm now playing for the first time as of like yesterday, I have mm-hmm. played Link's Awakening. I have played Minish Cap very recently, and I yeah. played Link and I played Link Between Worlds. Yeah. And that's yeah. it. Yeah, Minish Cap basically goes into that same category because that was, you know, five months ago. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, like, Sky- for a while, the only handheld Zelda that I played was Link's Awakening. Yeah. And Link Between Worlds, which I played around the time it came out because I was really excited to have, like, a sort of direct sequel to A Link to the Past. Speaking of sequels and prequels. <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I don't either. I don't. I don't. I don't have no interest in talking about it. Zelda timeline. No Zelda timelining. I made a. <clears throat> for those who weren't there, I made an offhand comment during my stream yesterday about how the uh, the Zelda timeline felt really thrown together and sort of arbitrary, and then we had a spirited discussion about whether or not that was in fact the case. Yeah. In which. Nobody agreed. At the end of the day, all that matters to me is, is the game fun individually? Yeah. And is this, like, 
So so when I played through Wind Waker and there was those parts, I was like, oh, cool. It's like the castle. Maybe this is connected to Zelda. So, like the, the overarching Zelda story. Yeah, like, yeah, this yeah. Is, like that to me is enough of a thread that that's fun. Right? Yeah. Like it's, it's like when you boot up a Final Fantasy game, you're like, oh, haha, that character's name is Sid. Or, <laughs> oh, there's Chocobos. And like that to me, that's all I care about. Yeah. That's that's good enough for me. I don't I don't need there to be an overarching story. It's fun if they want to try and do it, but it doesn't matter. And it's, it's got cool the little, it's got the little references and in jokes and and yeah. you know, someone is named Malin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's 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 enjoyable to see the thread that could be there. It's like how people talk about the all the uh, uh, the Pixar movies having a connecting thread. Right? Oh like, yeah, even though like Pixar has been like what no, but but it's it's fun to think about. Yeah, and I, no, I, it's I absolutely enjoy. it's absolutely an entertaining thought experiment. Like, and, regardless and, of whether it's supported or not. Which, well, in this and, case, like, Nintendo is like, oh, yeah, there's totally a timeline. And everyone's like, eh, are you sure, though? Yeah, and, and that, that one, that one, you just have to either, you either have to just accept it or not. And either way, you can't change it, so whatever. <laughs> like, like, it's, it's, it doesn't, for, for my enjoyment of the series, it doesn't change anything either way. It's, it's very fun to think about there being some dumb multiverse split timeline shenanigans yeah because then of course if you're taking everything literally at face value as if they all connect like what on earth is happening to the geography of hyrule like yeah holy it's shit like, the planet is in in complete and utter chaos constantly like we're talking yeah. about everything getting disrupted all the time imagine like like okay so the most sensible answer i guess we're talking about this now damn it <sighs> the most sensible answer is that like Okay, well, it happens in different places every time. After all of these, like, after a great deal of time has passed and, you know. Sure, sure. Tectonic changes have happened either through natural forces or magical ones. But, like, ultimately, there seems to always be a high rule. It's okay, Dio. Yeah, there's always a high rule. And Link can always get to wherever he needs to be on horseback. <laughs> or boat. Sure. Sometimes boat. Sometimes boat because the world's destroyed. Is that the entire world or is that just part of the world? I don't know. Apparently it's only part of the world because later on in that timeline, Link finds a new continent where there's a new Hyrule. True. And then he finds another continent that's covered in train tracks. <laughs> that's the continent. <laughs> oh, yeah, because I don't remember even where Phantom Hourglass technically takes place. I think it's in the, just in the same area. Yeah, I, could, I really don't know. I think it's like the same remember. flooded Hyrule area. But it's just like, so basically, the the Zelda timeline is covered in like, is covered in points of like, Ganon dies, Ganon is resurrected, Ganon dies, Ganon is resurrected, Hyrule is destroyed, Hyrule is resurrected, Hyrule is destroyed, Hyrule is resurrected. <laughs> Link is a, a new turtle. Hyrule is created. <laughs> and it's like, I don't understand why this is. <laughs> the, the, the unaging Link, the, this 12-year-old child from Wind Waker <laughs> across three games just doing it all. It's fine. And it's just those three games. I don't, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't, that's, that's what I mean is that it's, the thread is fun and enjoyable. I don't really care much beyond that. And if it gets me to be excited in that moment of like, holy crap, we're in like the Hyrule Castle. Is this the castle from Zelda 64? Right? Yeah. That's what I thought of when I played Wind Waker was, mm -hmm. oh, is this somehow connecting to that? That's so fun. And that that's 
that was cool. Like that's that was enough see, for me just to have that idea. See, yeah, and I, I sort of mentioned this yesterday. I think that the intra-game connections are more interesting than the overall timeline. Sure, yeah. Like, yeah. thinking about the ways that, like, Skyward Sword is connected to, like, Spirit Tracks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? Is, like, that's not interesting to me. But when someone popped up in chat yesterday and was like, oh, this is the same link from Link to the Past, I was like, oh. Oh, in ages? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's uh -huh. really cool. Like, that's neat to me. Mm -hmm. It's part of the reason that I went out so hard for Link Between Worlds, because, like, okay, it's that Link. Majora's oh, yeah. Mask is cool, because it's a continuation of that story. Yeah, 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 I like that, too, where it's, it's, that's, that's fun to me. And, and, and pulling back the curtain and looking at everything on a, on a timeline is, is more, for me, it's more of just a fun smile. Like, yeah, okay, I see it. I see, yeah. I see where this is all coming together, but mm -hmm. I don't, I don't, it's not like, um... You know, it's it's it it doesn't really change my overall experience of Zelda, right? Or feelings of Zelda, but it's it's I'm I guess I'm glad it exists though because I do get a it did make like when when I first read the timeline, I was like, okay, I love this, but I don't know if it's I, I'm loving it for the same reasons that they're making it, <laughs> right, 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 <laughs> or putting or it into like, writing, I suppose. Yeah, let's 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 sit here and analyze how four swords is connected to like Zelda two. Sure. Sure. It's like, no. mm, I don't, <laughs> I don't really care about that. And I, and I feel like walking through the timeline to get from, from a to B on those two games is like really kind of arbitrary and rough. Like those games are not closely related. Sure. I haven't, you know, I haven't played Four Swords, so, like, I don't... You probably, probably will. Probably deep down, there's some, like, someone will be like, actually, those two are, are some of the most closely connected games. Yeah, yeah. Because well, of this thread or that thread. And it's that's, like... That's that's also... Well, you just if that's the really... case, that's cool, but, like, it's... If you have to really, like, dig deep into the lore to get there, then... I don't know. I guess it's cool that it's there. I, I was going to say, you bring up a really great point, though, because you could say the same thing about any of, like, the Dark Souls games, right? Where where you could, there is no lore in that game unless you read between the lines, or literally read the lines, I suppose. Um, and Yeah, I would, I would argue the opposite. Like, there's yeah. a ton of lore and very little story. Right, yeah. And, and so, I think, I think the disconnect is, for you, it doesn't matter... Like th th it's it's there. That's fine if you want to make the connections. That's cool, but it doesn't really change the overall experience. And so if 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 because I think I guess I guess like I said, I don't care that much. But I think it's cool that it exists, and I think it's awesome yeah. for the people that want. Yeah, to and try I, I and completely break it apart. I completely agree with that sentiment. Yeah, and yeah, you're not, right. Dark Souls is the right comparison because I don't give a damn about those stories or the connections between them. Right. But I know that they are there. Yeah. And they yeah, are and very it, rich and deep and interesting for the people who care. Yeah. And you'll and get it's that cool moment. For them. And, and you'll get that moment where you see a boss and be like, oh, is that that guy? Oh, that's neat. Okay. Let's try to yeah. let's just kill him and move on. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, you're, not, you're not worried that it's like, you know, the creator of some thing or whatever. It doesn't, it, it's meaningless because it's, it's I'm just. I'm going to another... kill him and he's going to say something really cryptic as he dies. <laughs> and I'm not going to know what it means, but then. <laughs> someone some like lore nerd is gonna be like oh my god that's so cool right and that's great for them 
And yeah, and I, I like that that sort of stuff exists. Because then when you do find out about it, if you suddenly care, it's like, holy shit, this has been in the game the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of fun, too. Mm-hmm. Um, All right, let's take a break and talk about Growl. And also, we have a new tournament bracket. An, uh, oh, wow. It's, it's, it's been Swaggles saved. is basically a content producer for us at this point. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, honestly, it's true. If if this podcast made any money, I would give some of it to Swaggles. <laughs> All right, first up, cue the music. Swaggles says, Swaggles says, this is a new tournament bracket. Who is the favorite spiky-haired character of the Retro Breakdown. <laughs> we'll be including characters in any inclusion in any media, including fan-made. Oh, okay. This is not a test of if they are the best or which ones have the most cultural impact. Just, Just which ones, which do, you ones like? do you like the best? Week one, Crash Bandicoot versus no. Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic. Yeah. Fuck Crash Bandicoot, bro. <laughs> I have no attack. Like, you and I have, have like, dunked on Sonic games, but Sonic as a character is cool. Yeah, and I, I have I, zero attachment to Crash Bandicoot whatsoever. Yeah, I've played Crash one or maybe two a million years ago. Not, not They weren't my games, and I didn't play through all of them, but I played them. Um, and I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't care about these games or the character. Okay, so I have the weirdest, uh, maybe, maybe the, well, no, I'm sure I'm not the only one, actually, but for someone with- You can be the only one on the, on the retro breakdown. Maybe, probably. (laughs) Okay, yeah, let's Um, get first. (laughs) So, considering that I like platformers. Yes. And considering the, the the type of game that I usually play, this is very unusual for me. But at one point years ago, mm-hmm. our mutual friend Leon yeah. was hanging out with me and more or less forced me to play Uncharted 4. Okay. But, Within, but you hadn't played any of the other Uncharted games, right? Nope. And he <laughs> was like, it doesn't matter that this story wraps up the whole timeline. The yeah, just, graphics just, are really good, so you gotta play it. Just play Metal Gear Solid 4 first, it's fine. And honestly, he was kind of right. <laughs> I guess it's not gonna be a Metal Gear Solid 4 storyline, so yeah. Yeah, no, the the story was self-contained enough where, like, I could basically grasp what was going on. It was like, this is the last, this is kind of the last hurrah and the last you know, story for a guy who's had a bunch of stories before now. And there are some characters that I didn't really know, but that the game sort of expected me to know, but I didn't care, so it was fine. (laughs) Okay. But contained within that game is a complete, fully playable level of Crash Bandicoot that you play through because Nathan Drake is playing Crash Bandicoot on his PlayStation, trying to get his kid into the game that he used to play. <laughs> Man, I did not that, know that level of Crash Bandicoot is the only Crash Bandicoot that I have ever played. <laughs> yeah, because the first the first 
or the first three Crash Bandicoots were by Naughty Dog. Yes, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So it's there. It's a callback to their own like roots. Yeah. But yeah, I did not know that. That seems that does seem like the if if oh that must have been a very fun moment for people that were excited. Like so 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 Metal Gear Solid Four actually does make sense here because that moment in Metal Gear Solid Four where you go where he has like a nightmare about infiltrating Shadow Moses again. I lost my freaking mind when that happened. Right? Oh my god! Like, I completely forgot about that. It's been so long since I played MGS Four. Like that moment was what because because Kyle and I were playing it together. We were just so excited that this was happening because. I don't remember if he had spoiled stuff for himself because he doesn't care, but I had zero idea that that was going mm. to happen. And I knew nothing, like, I didn't know anything about the game other than the one 20 minute, like, demo footage that they showed three years earlier. Sure. Um, and that scene was just so exciting because you're you're getting all these, you know, emotions about playing Metal Gear Solid 1 for the first time. Like, that's so yeah. cool. So, so seeing Nathan Drake, a character you're liking play a crash bandicoot a game that you played as a kid and like mm-hmm. you know you, you you the 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 threat of the the uh, adult taking care of their child in video games is is very strong right now in video game writing yeah so that's you know mm-hmm. there's people that would relate to that a lot so that must have been a fun moment i personally would not have cared and be like oh shit i gotta play crash bandicoot <laughs> oh yeah no it didn't it didn't land with me at all <laughs> I was like, I was just sitting there playing Crash Bandicoot, and I was like, well, at least this is more fun than Uncharted. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I can't believe you played through all of Uncharted. I'm glad that I did, if only to, like, if only to have the, like, what's, what's the, how do I want to put this? Like, I didn't think I would like it, and then I sure. played through the whole thing, and I was right. <laughs> And so, like, <laughs> having the having that like justification, yeah, it, re- it reinforced your ability to judge a v- book by its cover. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I see what this game is about, and I don't think that it's for me. Yeah, and like, I was right, <laughs> and that you know. I don't feel like I wasted so much time on it that it wasn't worth at least finding out oh, that no, I wasn't the, missing out on some diamond in the rough. Yeah, because it probably took you like 12 hours or something. Yeah, it was not very long, especially because <laughs> you were not exploring. You were you were you were making a, a linear game as linear as yes. possible. <laughs> I was like, where is the objective? <laughs> where is the glowy bit? Where is the piece of wall that's colored white or yellow or whatever yes. for me to climb up? <laughs> How many times do I have to, like, use the... How many times do I have to use the winch, like, <laughs> tow hook to drag this car up a cliff? <laughs> the answer is, like, 20. Way too... The answer is too many times. When you're counting. Because <laughs> that's that says a lot already. <laughs> anyway, I believe earlier, uh, earlier in this segment you said, fuck Crash Bandicoot. Yeah. Um, agreed. Yeah, yeah. Sonic, Sonic's cool. Considering and, and that my only connection with Crash Bandicoot was a mini game in a game that I didn't like. <laughs> and Sonic is Sonic. Sonic wins. <laughs> Sonic, Sonic, I don't know what's coming up next. And you don't have to tell me. But Sonic will be a tough one to beat just because I still, I love Sonic, even though I don't like his games. And I always want to like his games. Like Sonic, they, they released a Sonic 
the the what are the not Sonic Ages? What's the um collect? I don't know. Whatever the most recent Sonic collection was, and they added a plus to it, which added like the eleven Game Gear games, which. One of them I really do actually want to play mm-hmm. for this because it's the one that was uh, – it was made on the Game Gear, but then it was on the Master System, and that's the one that Leticia grew up with. And I want to play that one because when I found the music for it, I was like – and she's like, oh, that's the music. That's it. I was like, oh, you played the 8-bit Sonic. I didn't even realize that was oh, a thing. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, I knew it was a thing, but I never thought about 8-bit Sonic being right. 8-bit yeah, Sonic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but so, nobody, so I still, nobody thinks about Sonic on the Master System. Yeah, but the music for it? Holy, holy shit, dude. It's unbelievably good. Do you know who did it? No. Uh, uh, Mr. Mr. Koshiro. Okay, I was going to say, like, the old, like, when it comes to, you know, 80s or 90s uh, Sonic or uh, Sega composers, I'm like, is it Yuzo Koshiro? Because that's oh, the yeah. name. Yuzo Koshiro did and it's it is unbelievably good. Especially when you think about it coming out of like the master system or God forbid the game gear speakers. Um but so 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 yeah, Sonic Sonic it's it's the weirdest relationship I have with Sonic because I'm like, yeah, Sonic's so awesome. And then I play the Sonic game, like I don't really like Sonic that much. But then the new thing comes out that's just a, a rehash of the old thing. I'm like, yeah, Sonic's cool as hell. Yep. <laughs> it's like the most it is the most a I think that any franchise has ever coasted off of having just like an unbeatably cool character design. That's <laughs> yeah, so true. Sonic should have died 20 years ago. Based on the quality of the games themselves, like everything after like arguably Adventure 2. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, Adventure 2. Should have driven that franchise into the ground, but it's so enduring because people will never not like Sonic as a character. Right? It doesn't matter what they do to Sonic. They yeah. they, they literally can make him the dumbest shit ever and add the worst characters of all time. And everyone's like, yeah, Sonic's sweet. Yeah! <laughs> More for the fan fiction. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't matter what they, they can't, they couldn't destroy Sonic if they've tried and they've tried. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they absolutely could not. They could not stop making money off of Sonic if they were deliberately trying to destroy the IP. <laughs> they would have to do something so egregious and so I, As aggressive. long as they keep releasing stuff. Right, right, right. The only reason, the only way to, to like really kill Sonic would just be to like choke out the fans and just give them no new content. But that's never going to happen. Dude, and even then it's questionable. Castlevania is still exciting. That's true. God, you're right. <laughs> like, I think Sonic is forever. If we go five years without another Sonic game, we're going to get Sonic Dreams Collection 2. <laughs> They'll just re-release Sonic. It doesn't matter because they're not going to not print money. <laughs> the, like the fan games, the Sonic fan games at this point alone oh, true. are yeah. strong enough to keep the franchise going forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks, Sonic. Thanks, Sega. You know what's... Probably not strong enough to keep going forever. I don't even know if it's strong enough for like a 10 minute podcast. Well, that's about how much time we have to talk about it. So I know. <laughs> I mean, hell, the entire game took about a half hour. It did. No. So let me say I had a, I actually had a lot of fun playing this because I played it through with th- four people. OK, I bet that. Sh- yeah. OK. And so it was when you said colossally chaos. different experiences. Yeah. 
That's, that's why. what you meant. And that I mean, makes I'm a lot about, of sense. Like, dude, it's complete and utter insane. I could not keep track of my character. And I've played a lot of beat-em-ups and video games. And I, I could couldn't not... keep track of my character. And I was playing solo. Picture there being three other characters. They're no. Almost... <laughs> and there's more enemies because there's more there's more of you. The and the character designs are almost exactly the same, except your colors are different. And some of you are wearing hats and some of you are wearing do rags. Well, and you don't have different unique like attacks or anything. Everyone's just punching and kicking. And I would just get lost. I, I was I thought I was playing another person's character all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, that's not me. And and it's complete and total chaos. Like, okay, you know how in Streets of Rage, when you're, you're – even when you die and then you jump back in, it knocks the boss on the ground, all the enemies on the ground, right? Uh-huh. So in Growl, when you, uh-huh. when you put in another credit in a multiplayer game, you know, you know like in a video game where there's traps and it's like a, a, a steel grid and then there's a bunch of spikes on, on it and then it's going to fall on your head? Yeah, that just falls from the sky. And okay. the first time it happened, we were like, oh, God, is that is that a bad thing? Is this is this hurting us? OK, no, that happens to that happened to me, too. You know what that is? What? That is the like that is the screen clearing move when someone like punches in with a coin. Yeah, exactly. Right, right, right. But with four people. <laughs> so it's happening like all the time. It's happening. Well, there was one boss that we couldn't even touch for some reason because he was just constantly hitting us. And we're like, what are we supposed to do? And so we would get like one or two hits in. And then people, we were just doing the screen clearing move. And it was so funny. We, I have no clue what was going on. It, it was I mean, com- honestly, I straight chaos. up, one of the earliest bosses is just a, is hey, just like on. a horde of like, the big dudes in the <laughs> they're like Mansa Musa looking guys with like the you know they're kind of rotund and they've got the they're kind oh, of yeah. looking like yeah. dapper mm-hmm. but in a sort of like uh, what I can only describe is like an East African kind of way yeah yeah like yeah, it's th- not what they're wearing is not called a turban no it's not it's not a turban but, but it's that's like what you a, would think it's of. a similar looking headwear correct but it like sits sort of like more it's more like rounded like it's more like an almost like a, a an oval type of shape yeah and it sits yeah. like on the top of their head i don't know what the attire is i don't know what the attire is called and i don't know what area to attribute it to but it is like it is like the the coding for like well-to-do african businessman yeah, especially especially in the '90s or like yes. the '80s, if 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 they're just gonna slap a stereotype clothing on somebody, yeah, which they too. did a lot. Well, except except for the women who are all wearing uh, mini skirts and high heels, because that's, you know, that's what that's what a woman poacher would wear. Obviously. Boy, and there are a lot of them. Yeah, and you feel bad. So you know how sometimes the characters kneel down; they're not quite done. Yeah, but like then you can walk over and like knee them in the face or punch them in the back. Or sometimes you pick them up and do the Ninja Turtles thing where you fly them slap back them and back, f- like slam them back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. The, the first time we did that, it was to one of the women. We were like, oh, oh, <laughs> I literally only did it once. And it was to one of the women. And I and like I did that like twice. And then she fell off a cliff. And I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> we were like, oh, that feels weird. <laughs> the game. <laughs> it's it's okay because we're they're poachers okay it's fine. so if we haven't mentioned this already growl is a very short arcade beat-em-up from the 90s 
Yeah. From Taito. From Taito. Um, it is definitely more spectacle than substance. Yeah, it's a very, it's a very straightforward video game. But it has some stuff in it that I really like. What's that? Well, for starters, you mentioned, like, the special OTG moves, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Where, like, like, you can knock down an enemy and they get a state, they get into a state of, like, being dazed, but they're, like, down on the ground. And then you've got all four of these characters, which, for all intents and purposes, look basically the same. Yeah. And behave mostly the same. They have different stats in terms of, like, their movement speed and life and power, like, attack power and stuff like that, but... Yeah, they're all buff indie. But, yeah. They're all buff indie or, like, legally distinct Macho Man Randy Savage. Mm-hmm. Um... <clears throat> but, like... And mostly they just do, like, really fast punches and kicks. Which is mostly good for crowd control. Um, it feels fairly responsive if you feel powerful for yeah, the most part I, I don't really i didn't i didn't think the game felt bad to play to be honest it just, no it, it really like doesn't I, it felt like i've played it before Mo- yes um i did like that each character has different moves like different sort of finishing moves that you do to people who are down oh yeah. one person yeah. does the knee to the face one person actually like grabs the person by the hair and kneels down and like punches them a couple times yeah one they'll they'll grab them by the face and smash them to their knee yeah um and then there's the like there's the whole like like you said the ninja turtles like slam them back and forth yeah which is definitely the most visually satisfying (laughs) (laughs) um there's other stuff the game sets the tone immediately by throwing you into, like, what is ultimately a beat-em-up, but then it drops, like, three grenade launchers for you to use. Yep. Yep. Like, yep. right off the jump. Yeah, they're, they're, it, it, the, the, the weapons are fun to use. They are! And, like, that's not always the case in a beat-em-up. A lot of times, <laughs> a lot of times the, the core combo system is, like, what you want to do most of the time, and the weapons, like, seem good to have, but they but actually they make suck. things... Yeah, they actually make things more difficult or... Or slower. You are sacrificing a really fun combo. Like, you know, a four, three, four, five hit combo that is fun to do. And that you can actually, like, do some cancels out of and and work with. For, like, okay, I have a, I have a knife. My moveset is now stab, 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 stab. Or throw it where stab. you don't want to. Right. Which, to but, be fair, this game also has. It does. Yeah, but okay, okay. Tell me the first time you threw a grenade and then you hit the deck, you were not excited. That was cool. <laughs> I loved that. So That's much. cool, and it's it's awesome because it makes the grenade a more viable weapon. Whereas, like in a game like this where everything's following you, the idea of like throw this grenade to the other side of the room and hope someone's standing on it in three seconds when it goes off. <laughs> is not viable. It doesn't work well. No. Um, but in this case, it has such a huge explosion radius, and you straight up just hit the deck when you throw it, I making you immune to the damage. Yeah. So it just makes a lot more sense. You know what else I love? Hmm. The rifles. <laughs> like in the... addition to, like, 
being useful and doing good damage. You just beat the crap out of them. Can be used as really, really solid melee weapons. Yeah, I mean, so you could do it with the rocket launchers, too. And the, the melee, like, okay, so you have a gun, which seems like the least, in a beat-em-up, it seems like one of the least satisfying weapons you can have, right? Yeah. Because it's like, okay, you've got two, two or three projectiles in it, and you probably throw it, and then that's it. Mm-hmm. In this case, it's like, you've got, like, probably nine or ten rounds of, like, three shots of ammo. Mm-hmm. Which you need because there's a ton of enemies. There are so many enemies. <laughs> and then after that, it actually functions as a really, really good melee weapon with its own melee combo. Yeah. Because no, that, it has that, a bayonet on it. it it's That's... that's <laughs> it was really cool when I picked up the chain gun and just blew away. <laughs> like you just like, get to hold down the button. You're like, wow, that felt way better than I thought it was. And then I kept swinging with it. I was like, okay, yeah. that feels great. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of stuff that feels really good. And I, I think it's important to start with the positives. Yeah, I think so too. And even the because first stage like, music, I, I enjoy also. Mm-hmm. I, I did enjoy the first stage music. I don't remember the rest of the, the game's music very well. The, the going through the first stage there was like, there were like, it's a really, really good opening stage. Yeah, it is, it is like there are like back to back to back to back to back, like holy shit moments. <laughs> even all even including the, the excellent bit crunched uh, English voice acting. Yes, that is one of them for sure. <laughs> the fact that the game opens with like someone throwing a grenade in the room that you think is a cutscene. Yeah. And then that's actually, like, your opening bit. Yep. Like, you just take control of the character from there. And it's like, okay, here we go. That was really cool. Um, And then, like, again, the first thing that happens when that grenade goes off is it reveals a bunch of rocket launchers, which you can then pick up and blow up half the screen. (laughs) Just blow up everybody. He like, before you throw a punch... You are launching explosives. Did you happen to look at the track screen for more than like a few seconds? Uh, I don't remember. It is. Why? It is like the most manic, like <laughs> action, action, action. Go, go, go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Well, and and it has like the, 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 the comic book style, like bam, blam, kabloom, like boxes. I that think pop the up. explosion sound is, um. Babroom? Yeah, yeah, it's like Babroom. Well, they call you a wimp, but they wrote wrote Wisp on it. Yes. Which I enjoyed. No, the attract screen, in fact, I'm going to see if I can, like, Discord stream it to you right now. Because if if you're not, like, acutely aware of it, like, you need to, you need to know. I can, um, here, I can... Loaded up to. Because it is like it is one of the most aggressive attract screens I have ever seen in anything. (laughs) It is like five seconds of gameplay that is all nonstop explosions. Yeah, like they show the they show the core. Yeah, no, no, I do know what you're talking about where where you see like excite action shabroom. And it's just because this is the, this was and the, then the this gro- was the, and then the the title screen that says growl starts to like starts to in. like swoop in, but it doesn't finish, and then it cuts to another 
five seconds of like action, action, kaboom, kaboom, kaboom. Yeah. And then it starts coming in again. And it does that like six times on loop before it actually shows you the name of the game. Yeah. It's like a PowerPoint slide where it takes eight slides to actually make the 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 hooking arc like come in and have your title slide. Yes. And in between each one of those slides, you just have flashing lights and explosions because that's why. So that little bit is what I saw when I when I this was being released on the switch. And I was like, yeah, I want to play that. Yeah, that listen, it's a really good attract screen. It's really good. Like, I think if I was in an arcade and I walked by this, I would have stared at it slack jawed before putting a quarter on the machine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you would you would have a hard time not trying it out. The 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 the, the spectacle of it is exciting. And and honestly, playing it four players was really cool. It's the the reason I, I felt sort of in i'm starting i'm starting a video call with you okay for the purposes of sharing the screen i don't i'm muting my microphone i don't know how this is going to work oh i think my video is there and you're just seeing like an empty screen too hold on there we go okay i'm just gonna let this run for a second can you see it yeah okay even the dogs are excited. Action. Yeah, Excite, shabroom. action, thrill. Excite, fight. There's not <laughs> even any enemies on screen. It's just all four of the dudes just like firing off the grenade launchers. Yeah, well, that's what we did. We, <laughs> we, we started the game. Everyone picked up a rocket launcher and just started shooting them. And then there's a tank. A bunch of hawks and crates. A bunch of hawks and crates. And you save them. That's the bonus round, by the way. (laughs) Growl Growl is one of these weird games that I don't know. I'm I'm not sure if when I think of beat-em-ups, it's going to pop into my head like 10 years from now. But then someone mentions it or says something about it. I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Like, it's it's, it's a weird... It sits in a weird place for me, which is to say it's 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 it's, because we kind of made it. We both sort of made it sound like we didn't care about growl. And we've more or less just talked about how crazy and hilarious it is. Okay, so here is the here is like the core problem with it. Um, I mentioned it earlier. It's a it's a lot of spectacle and that's really memorable, but like very little substance. Sure. Combat feels kind of satisfying, but there's not really that much you can do with it. Yeah, no. They're like, once you like the weapons are cool, but then later in the game, it stops giving them to you later in the game. It stops giving you a lot of things. Yeah. Um, Like bosses that are fair. Dude, the final boss. We I don't know. I don't I didn't see you play through it. But when we were doing it, hey, how did you know it was the final boss? Oh, we didn't. I don't remember. Did we? Does it say final boss? Actually? The text comes up on the screen and says, this is the final boss. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yes. Yeah. No, you're right. You, you have to remember that when you're playing it with a bunch of people and you're just kind of there's all a yelling lot at get, it. That, there's a lot that gets missed. I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, no, no. It did say that this is the final boss. Yes. In case you were wondering. So the game's story, such as it is, is that you are trying to stop the evil poachers from hunting a bunch of innocent nature animals to extinction yes so you spend the game basically doing your sonic the hedgehog thing 
where you fight a boss and then you free a bunch of birds or elephants or whatever from cages. And sometimes they help you. And sometimes they help you. Dude, that bird came in in like the first or second stage and was like, whoa, okay. <laughs> Having the jerk bird be on my side is amazing, actually. Oh, yeah, it's so cool. <laughs> I was hoping there'd be more of that. Yeah, there wasn't. I, I, I really, there was the, well, the, I think the elephant pushed some people around. The elephant exploded some people into like bloody bits, which was not <laughs> a thing that happened under any circumstances before that. <laughs> so I, I wish there was more I hit someone with a literal RPG. Yeah. And they didn't explode into bloody bits, but the like the elephant moved slightly and they were just like, Poof. welcome to growl. I wanted there to be more gorillas. Yeah, they, they, they had gorillas in the final cutscene. I was like, I could have used a gorilla in a stage. Like, what if you got to like ride on the backs of a gorilla? That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, that kind of stuff, like for a game that's like about animals was probably missing. Being able to like ride on them or like interact with them is more than basically stage hazards. Yeah, I guess I was hoping that there'd be moments where you, like, summon them and they, like, they somehow do something cool. Like, you know, in, in, yeah. in Streets of I Rage, was, you summon the cop car and that does yeah, stuff. Yeah, I was kind of expecting an Altered Beast situation, too, to some extent. Oh, God, that would have been insane. Um, <laughs> but the game gets really samey really fast, which in some ways is kind of okay because, um, But you know, then it short. doesn't. Then it doesn't. Suddenly, in the middle... It's well, like, it does have that one weird platforming stage that nobody asked for. No, that platforming stage is awful. It is. It's it is it's so, it, like we were just all laughing the whole time because it was so bad and it's really really hard to do with four people. I mean, not yes. really hard, but it's obnoxious to do with four people. That yes. was just the hmm, how do we get an extra five dollars out of people? Yeah. <laughs> no, is, and that's what the bosses feel like too because yeah, the bosses. So I, I mentioned this while I was playing. There's a certain. There are certain um, strategies that are kind of tried and true when it comes to beat em up bosses. Because mm -hmm. they are like, these are arcade style games. And as arcade style games, I don't know what's up with the dogs. So we're just going to have to deal with it. Yeah. No, hey, you know, they're just glad you're freeing the animals. Um, I think they're actually mad about it. Oh, could be true. Because then there's then that might take attention away from them. It's that's ex exactly it. <laughs> um... The so there's certain things it's like, all right, what do you what do you do with a boss? Do you like kite them around and try to hit them with a move that does a knockdown so they can't counterattack you? Do you do the jump kick strategy? My my first go to thing in any game is to try and do the, the, the streets of rage strategy, which is punch them two or three times at a slow rhythm. Yes. Never breaking pace and seeing if it can stunlock them. Yeah. See if you can keep them in a, in a, in a sunlock rhythm. Absolutely. That is like unbeatable. If if you can do it, if there is a rhythm where like they they get into the, the, the stunlock rhythm and you can keep them there. Yeah, absolutely. But that's what I mean. Like there are certain there are certain methods that are known Right? Yeah. Um, like, these, these are, these are the things care. you try to do in beat-em-up games, and zero of them work in <laughs> this game. Did, this game did not, I mean, the first actual boss, at, once you get him to a certain point, so in the Japanese version, he seemed to do it more, because I, I messed around with the first stage in the Japanese version after we played it with uh, the, okay. the U.S. version. And the final boss of the first stage, you know how you get him to a certain point, and he, like, kind of runs and like windmills his arms around and he's kind of invincible in that moment sort of yeah he's yeah, a dude yeah. with the dynamite on his chest yes and then all of a sudden he starts doing an attack where he like crouches down 
shoots rockets out of his ass or something, flies yes. in the sky and then lands. Yes. So the Japanese version, he does that with – he he, does, he didn't – at least when I messed around the one time, he didn't do the running windmill thing. He was just constantly rocketing into space. Huh. And then he would land and you'd have like a second to hit him and then he just rocket into space again with explosions. Everyone's like, what the hell is this? It was super weird. And it, it could just unfair. be like a weird RNG pattern thing, but maybe True. it really is that it happens more often in the Japanese version. It's hard I, to I, say with a small sample size. True. It's only one sample size. But yeah. I just meant that as, as boss designs go, it, he had he, there's a lot of, oh, you can't touch him at the moment. Yes. Because there's explosions all around him. Well, and the, the worst bit, like in general, is that. Most bosses, most beat up bosses, you have to find, like, where is the attack window? Yeah, yeah. Right, like, where, where, where is the bit where I'm going to be able to, like, he's done with his attack, and now there's, like, a second here where I can get a couple of hits in, or I can, you know, I can try to jump kick him to, like, get the heart knocked down, because that's safe. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you hit without getting hit? That is the core of the core of any fight of any fighting game of any beat 'em up is like you got to figure out how to do damage without taking damage. Correct, and yeah. here's the problem with growl: jump kicks don't knock them down most of the nope, time. Nope. Um, you can use your special, but sometimes the button that was like that did your special didn't always register for me. Yeah, same. Okay. Yeah, so I don't know I, if there's like an internal cooldown or something, or it only works. I, in certain I couldn't spots figure out how to get it to come out consistently. And maybe that's just a me thing. Maybe there's an input that we missed. That's possible, yeah. Um, but yeah, like, there's just, there's no good way to, like, deal damage to the boss without, like, I'd try to stand and, and get a couple of punches in, get the, get the rhythm. As like, you punch really fast. Mm -hmm. So, like, it seems like you'd be able to just get them into a rhythm. But they outrange you, and then they get you into a combo that you can't break out of. Yeah. So it actually happens the exact opposite. So I sat on <laughs> I sat on some bosses and just like I must have fed five dollars. If we're talking about quarters, mm -hmm. I must have fed it five dollars and quarters to beat like the third boss. Yeah, sure. It's it. That's why I was saying I didn't know how much fun that would be when you're playing solo if if it was gonna because like at least so the final boss that ends up being a centipede alien yes that comes out of the 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 clown guy from cowboy bebop <laughs> yeah yeah and he's like starts spinning in a circle we could actually stun lock his spin if all four of us were punching it that stupid little alien worm actually was one of the most reliable bosses i was able to get uh, okay yeah 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 because there is a there is a pattern where when you hit him he does he, like a um, yeah, he kind of flinches and goes back to the middle. Yeah. And I was doing that with a jump kick where I would like jump over his attack and hit him. And then he would go back and like reset his pattern and then I can jump over the attack and, and jump kick him again. Oh, cool. Yeah. And we, I was able to do that with some consistency. <laughs> we just had all four of us punching him in the face and he could never even get an attack off. Ah, the River City Ransom strategy. <laughs> it was great. I mean, he occasionally would because I think the game would just get frustrated and force the animation. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. Like, but otherwise, we just sat there and all beat on him until he died. Yeah, the final boss, which by all, for, by all accounts should be the most difficult and most frustrating, is like actually one of the most reliable and predictable and fair. Yeah, and 
I think However, the- let's not let us not overlook the fact that the penultimate boss that the big alien worm that, by the way, is mind controlling all the poachers to be evil poachers. Yes. Because it can't be that humans are just bad to nature. No. no. Um, is I mean, a is like a freaking circus clown, like Piero style, like jester who walks on screen carrying a tank that is active and shooting at you. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. Is like, it is one of the most jaw-dropping boss reveals I have ever seen. Because <laughs> it's like, they they show you the tank earlier, and it's like, oh man, I don't know how we're going to fight this tank. And then the elephant comes in and like, you know, rams it, and I guess destroys it, and it's like, okay, so we don't have to fight the tank. And then like a stage later, the tank is like, being carried by this clown dude and it's shooting at you and then he just throws it at you (laughs) and he continues to pick up the tank and throw it at you throughout the battle which is super rad (laughs) but the fight sucks i i think i think the the because all we've basically only been i i think if you're listening to us it sounds like the game's pretty awesome honestly overall like, it sounds like there's a lot of reasons to try it, at least, right, to, to play it. And I, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. And I think the game, I had fun playing it, and it was it was definitely a fun experience to play it with four people. But the reason that I was, for me, the reason that it put it in kind of like a eh, whatever category overall mm-hmm. is because as a beat-em-up, mm-hmm. it just wasn't that good. It was yeah. fun as a spectacle. I If you, I, I think it would be a lot more... This is a weird thing to say about a beat-em-up because usually the exact opposite is true. Mm -hmm. But this is the rare beat-em-up where I think it's actually more fun to watch than to play. Yeah, I think this would would be a game that is worth worth it to see just because it's hilarious. But actually playing it's kind of whatever. It is. And watching a four-player playthrough of this game, especially for people that have never played it before, is is going to be funny. Because, and I I think that's maybe where this kind of shines as a a beat-em-up. Where, where... And obviously, I, I always say that about beat-em-ups in general. Playing the multiplayer is more fun just because that's my preference. But this one in particular with four people, is it's just complete and utter chaos because everything you're describing is amplified when there's three yeah. more bodies on screen doing random stuff. Yeah, I can totally understand. And and <laughs> it takes a lot for me to completely lose my character. Like when I'm, I'm yeah. looking at my character and then it's just gone. I'm like, where did my character Yeah, go? no, I'm used to looking at crowded screens. That's <laughs> not a problem for me, right? You know? And so so this is, th- to have that happen means that there is a lot of shit on screen at any one moment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there really is. Even playing in one player, I was consistently impressed and kind of overwhelmed with how many sprites they put on screen at once. Yeah, that's actually kind of cool. I mean, this is a. This, I don't remember when this is from, but it's like the '90s or maybe the late '80s. It definitely feels like '90s. Yeah, yeah, and there was there was a lot of stuff to 91. beat up. It's pretty rad. I mean, at the end of the day, the the truth is, is, uh, you know, the, the I think the first stage of Growl is awesome, actually, because mm-hmm. the boss isn't really unfair. It gives you a lot of powerful stuff to mess with. They're, they're like it's exploding like all of the time um 
it's <laughs> I think that um I think that if you were to play the game, like okay, putting it in in a in an arcade context, right? Like each play is a is a quarter, right? Yes. If you put like a dollar of quarters into this, I think you'd have a great time. Yeah. If you yeah. put five to ten dollars of quarters into it, I think it gets progressively less fun as you go. Oh, I think I think the the, the platforming stage. I cannot stress enough how awful that stage was. I it was not. It was just like it was hilarious and dumb and it was fun because we didn't have to pay money to do it but that yeah. would have been the stage that i was like oh yeah i'm not yeah i'm definitely not putting more money into this Unless it, I, it feels yeah. like that stage was put there to get people to quit only to have them come back to the arcade like a week later and be like oh i never finished that game right or oh the beginning was fun yeah <laughs> i'll put another quarter in if you do and i mean it's the 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 the, the truth is is the game has a really wonderful message. And if you can defeat the evil king of the poachers, mm-hmm. you'll you'll be able to end, you know, their reign of terror. Yep. And harmony between man and nature will be restored. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs>